This is Harry Murray at Murray Slash Up in Edinburgh, Virginia. Let's talk about what we can expect on our fishing for the month of November, both in the trout fishing and in the bass fishing, because both can be outstanding. The first part of this in the trout started with my friend Vince Marinero many years ago. Vince and I were standing beside De La Torte in Pennsylvania, and he looked over at me and he says, Don't you ever overlook the little olive mayfly. That can be some of the most outstanding fishing of the entire season. Well, as it turned out, Vince was exactly right. As I fished more and more in the years following that, I found out that from North Carolina to the Adirondacks and all throughout the Rockies, some of the best fishing I've had on any of those streams has been the blue-winged olive mayfly. Okay, now, my favorite streams are basically producing that fish fly about two in the afternoon to four in the afternoon. There are two streams in Pennsylvania that crank them out, and there are two, three streams I fish in Montana that push them out about two to four. Now, the tricky thing is, on heavy overcast days, or even kind of soy, snowy, spitty days, the olive hatch can be on all day long with rising fish, and I'm talking about very, very heavy hatches. And this is fine fishing. Now, after you finally <laughs> fish this quite a bit, and you think you got a handle on it, the little olives can change the rules. For example, one November, my fishing partner, William and Down, and I parked beside a little stream up in Pennsylvania, and we were getting all rigged up and down. He says, I think I'm just going to walk down about a half mile or so and fish back up to the car. And I said, that's great, Willie. I'll start here and fish on upstream. Well, we met back at the car about dark that evening, and I was shocked. Downey said, that was without a doubt the best olive hatch I've ever seen. I have never seen that many rising trout, and I have never caught that many rising trout on the olive hatch. Well, what shocked me so much in that is that the water I had fished right upstream from where Willie had ended up looks so much like i mean i'm talking about the stream bottom the the crest in there all that good stuff everything looked in my part of the water just like the part that willie had fished up through however i had a very very small hatch not many flies were coming off the whole time i was fishing and when i did have a few flies coming up i didn't have many feeding fish so, the main thing I want to stress when you're thinking about fishing blue-winged olive hatches is just to be observant, because it can be outstanding, but it can be tough. Now, the flies I use most on this are the blue-winged olive betis in a 16 and 18, and the Mr. Rapidan parachute dry 
in a 16 and 18. These are both excellent, and it is a great hatch. And have to rely on Marinero for getting me started on the right way with this. Okay, let's jump over to the bass and see what happens in November. Since I live right here, basically right beside the North Fork of the Shandor River, I've developed places that I keep going to again and again and again. On the South Fork of the Shenandoah River, there are many pools, let's call them, that are locked in by limestone ledges going across the top, and then maybe anywhere from, oh, say 50 to 200 feet downstream, there will be another limestone ledge going straight across the river, boxing these areas in. It's just almost like somebody went in there with a bulldozer and built these pools. Now, these can be outstanding. What they're doing, they're giving the fish some depth. Many of these run from, oh, five to six feet deep. I got to kind of hunt and peck around the edge to get through them because I'm usually wading these. But now what's going on here? The fish, the bass will leave the water that's, say, two, three feet deep out along the side where you've been catching them on surface bogs all year. They're moving out into these pools, I'll call it. Now, what, the, what I'm going to fish with and how I'm going to fish this is going to depend on the depth of the water. Now, if the water is, we'll say five feet deep, five feet deep, but it's flowing at a moderate rate, not dripping down through there. I'm probably going to use a scientific angler sink tip three line. That sinks at about two and a half to three and a half inches per second, which will get it down unless the water is moving real fast. Now, in some of those locked in pools I'm talking about, the water comes down through there at a quite a clip and it may be may still be only five feet deep but if it's ripping down through there I switch to a different line to get my flies down on the bottom I use this new uh, scientific anger custom tip and I'm using a seven weight rod so what I do is I cut that back to where I'm getting about a six inch inch per second sink sinking down there pretty quickly and that lets me swim them right across the stream bottom this is fantastic fishing and it's good fishing i don't know that the fly is all that particular but the ones i've been successful with and i want to point out one little trick i use um the murray's olive strength in a four the Murray's Black Marauder in a 4 and the Murray's Pearl Marauder in a 6. Those have been real good. Now, let me tell you a little trick I use where I really got into that strength. The tail end of these pools, let's call them. Again, it's usually formed by a limestone ledge going across the stream. I go downstream of that limestone ledge wade right up to it it's it's there five feet in front of me what i do with that strength is i cast that upstream let it swim back downstream deeply now i want it down across the bottom when it gets within 10 feet of that ledge in front of me 
I start a rod lifting motion in which I swim that strength right up straight toward me. It is amazing how many strikes I get that way. And often they're very, very big bass. I'll work all the way across the stream, casting upstream, letting it swim right back down toward that ledge, and then swim it right up in front of them and wham, right in front of me. I hit it almost by accident, but you better believe I rely on it now. So those are basically what I'm finding now on the bass. And it's, it's good. How long will it last? Depends on how quickly it gets cold. But I stick with it pretty much all the way through this month. Now, let me tell you about one thing you might want to roll, roll this video in there we made. We created a video that we're returning to as men a matching video. You know, when we're talking about trout fishing in the stream, we want to match the hatch with our mayflies. All right, there is a video that we put on our site that we're referring to as minna matching. Now, what I've done in here, I've taken all oh, probably about a dozen minnas that I know that I have in the river. See, when I kid, I was a kid, I seen them, fished with them a live bait, so I know where they are and how many they are and what they are. All right, so first thing I want to do is identify these dozen minnows. Then I'm going to tell you which fly I use to match each specific minnow. Then on the still on the video now, where to fish them? You're going to see scenes of the river that we've marked with red lines showing where the bass would be holding when they're feeding on, we'll say, the sculpin minnow. All right, after we've shown you that, then I'm going to show you how to fish it. So where are the bass going to be finding these minnows? What fly are we going to use? And then how are we going to fish it? It's probably about a 15-20 minute video, but it's amazing how much you will learn from that video. If you have any question on any of this stuff I'm talking about today, ring me here at the Fly Shop in Edinburgh. It's 540-984-4212. This is Harry Murray, and thank you for being with us.